what's it called? The Mag Life Podcast. The Gun Mag Mag Life Podcast. I didn't pick the name. I sort of inherited the podcast. Uh, and it's one of my favorite things because I get to travel and I get to go down and meet people that I think are super cool, super awesome, and uh, talk to them, spend a day with them, and then hear what they got to say. That way I don't have to do all the talking. So today I got Adrian from Sidewinder Concepts. Uh, I heard about him through Mojo because Millspec Mojo became a sniper through his police department. And I, I didn't really understand the process of how that started to be. And he said, okay, well, who you want to talk to is Sidewinder Concepts. Now, after today, I'm not a sniper, right? I, Correct, nothing's accredited. Right. Nothing, <laughs> but I did make shots at 1,000 yards in the first box of ammo, which is something mm -hmm. that you promised. And it wasn't a salesy sort of gimmick. The only reason I was a little worried is because I was like, look, I'm I've never shot anything that ain't far never before. Heard, ain't never heard of anything like this uh -uh. before. Yeah. <laughs> so I was a, a little concerned that, like, uh, maybe you can get other guys who are familiar with this to do that. But me having never really done it, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to jinx it, so I didn't want to say anything. But sure enough, 12 rounds in, <clears throat> we did it. Oh, yeah. I hit that steel at 1,000 yards, so I mm -hmm. felt pretty good. The rest of the day, it was like, okay, dial back to 500, <laughs> easy. Yeah. No problem. And that's that's kind of the whole point of of why why I have guys do that is to build that confidence and and show that the equipment works and essentially get those nerves out like right out the gate. So then it's like, well, if I hit the furthest target that's at, at this range here, then everything else should in theory be easy. Right. And we were at like so you, you talked about the supersonic and then the transonic zone we were like within 200 yards or so before we start to actually get to the point where 6.5 creedmoor gets into transonic correct mm -hmm. okay so we were still well within the range of like accurate targets or oh, yeah. accurate hits um the only challenge at that point is wind calls right so peter had asked me too uh how, what are you guys doing for those wind calls and i'm like sort of guessing <laughs> right, you're looking at the little flag down there, and then yeah. kind of, kind of picking one, and then based on that, making an adjustment. Right. So, I mean, there's a little bit more of a educated guess or a swag, a scientific wild ass guess, kind of like one of those those funny, <laughs> funny terms that we've used um, before. But uh, this particular range is kind of like a bowling alley style with high trees on the sides. So, running a kestrel for an initial wind call wasn't wasn't giving us that accurate of a um of a reading mm -hmm. and so it kind of takes that as a reference point and then comparing it with what we see uh with the vegetation and the mirage the flags that are going down the lane itself and then um uh, making a a solid uh solid educated guess per se to yeah. to send that first round and for the most part almost all of them were dead nuts on minus you know minus a couple here and there but you just identify that miss you make that correction with that reticle and then you re-engage yeah and then we used the uh the trigger cam too and something that i was worried about was giving you bad data so if if mm -hmm. for example i didn't have enough body structure to absorb that recoil and accurately be able to continue to see the target and where i impacted if, if you're asking me, okay, where were you holding or where did it impact? And I can't tell you that. Right. Then it's hard to make adjustments. 
based on that. Oh yeah. The trigger cam definitely is, is one of those teaching aids that has tremendously helped with, uh, getting newer shooters or it being an integrity check, honestly, even for the instructor itself, like getting on and demonstrating what right looks like and really putting you on the spot as well, rather than just, well, I got a hit, I got a hit, but if you see that reticle moving or it breaks not where you said it was going to, you know, that's the integrity check there. For students, being able to make sure that they're holding the right direction or that they're uh, on the exact wind call that you called. So it also tells you that they understand their reticle and that they're placing it in the right areas and they're not they're not compensating or favoring high, low, left, right of that of the target itself is where having the live feed from the trigger cam onto a screen uh, tremendously helps us as instructors to see what each shooter is doing. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I was pretty intimidated uh, by the whole process. And most of that came from my own perception. It wasn't, it wasn't a real thing. Some of it came from, hey, you need to, if you really want something solid, you need to spend four or $5,000. Uh, but with the rig I have, which is technically as far as like precision rifle stuff, a budget rig, right. um, was very expensive, especially from like the family I come from, you know, it, it was a little, little north of $1,500 and that on a gun is like, what, you know, that's a lot of money. So, uh, for some people that's a lot. Uh, and obviously, you know, I had to actually budget for it and I had to save for it and I had to actually think about what I wanted. Uh, but I, I didn't have to spend four or five thousand dollars to shoot six five at a thousand yards. No. Yeah. Right. That's. I mean, there's there's solid factory options out there. Um, you know, going into those those higher those higher dollar higher value platforms definitely will increase your your consistency threshold. Um, but you can you can more or less uh, with we'll call it quality budget mm -hmm. uh, products get to those distances fairly, fairly easily with the, you know, the right know-how yeah. at that point and the right set of knowledge to, to, you know, engage these targets. I'm sort of a pain for what I would imagine for some instructors. Cause I always need to know why I'm doing what I'm doing. Oh, I'm a hundred percent a why guy. Okay, good. I was, I would just, <laughs> I had a lot of difficulties in the military for being a Y guy. I'm a, yeah, I'm a Y guy <laughs> to a large degree because if I can understand why I'm doing it, then it'll stick better. The instruction will Absolutely. stick better. Because there's a lot of things, especially in the military, the acronyms. Everything is a shortened version. Right. And I don't know what any of that is, and I'm supposed to just, like, remember all this stuff and then just do what they say. Right. But if I understand it, then I can then I can think about it, and then it, it takes the whole – process to a different level so definitely like if you're you know the guys who are listening to this if you're a why guy per se i don't think that there's anything wrong with that and as a matter of fact i like i encouraged you to challenge theory in a positive manner mm -hmm. so ask the questions or you know i've heard this versus that and let the instructor kind of explain it but where the importance of this is and one of the, like the several lessons that I have learned about kind of going through the rough edges of being the why guy is uh, the approach on how you either challenge that theory or ask those questions is super important. That way it doesn't come off as either disrespectful or, 
or, you know, trying to be arrogant or anything like that. It's okay to ask those questions. Right. And, and I encourage it. Like, I love it when guys start asking me these like why questions, they start getting all pumped up. I'm like, all right, this is why. Mm -hmm. And then I get to go through the whole explanation of it and then let you draw your own conclusion from it. Sure. Like, I'm not sitting here trying to give you my gospel per se on, on the only way that I do it. Like, I would love for you to go and try out all these other guys out there that do long range. Right. And then come up with your own conclusion. Yeah. And, and that's how that's, <laughs> that's the beauty of it. Seems to make sense to me. Um, I feel like if an instructor is really resistant to the why it, it's, probably because they don't have a good articulation for why they can't really give yeah. you a good reason why they've done something. Um, and you know, I, I try to actually be thoughtful about the why, because I don't want to, I'm sure that there's a reason why we're doing this. Right. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm sure it's not just some wild decision somebody's made and I don't want to question the stand on the shoulders of giants, so to speak, sure. and and question why you're there in the first place. It's like somebody's gone through the process to figure this stuff out, so I want to make sure that I'm honoring that, but the reason why I'm asking why is not to discredit it. It's so that I can fully understand where all that came from. Right, absolutely. In the same sense of why that front sight post is as thick as it is. <laughs> that one stuck to you from that other podcast yes, I did, was a it? measurement... <laughs> At distance, because if a man-sized target fills up that front sight post, he's approximately like 300 yards or whatever it exactly. is. Yeah, from shoulder to shoulder, it was 300 with the sight radius of an M16, meaning the distance between the rear sight post and the, and the front sight post. Um, yeah, shoulder to shoulder within the thickness of that sight post was roughly 300 meters. Um, the sight post from the center center line of a target to one shoulder was roughly 150 and then if a shoulder to shoulder fit within half of that was uh 450 and so you now more or less with that m16 bracketed the capability of that rifle just by knowing those distances yeah. and if you had a proper zero and you knew your holdovers you could be that much more accurate yeah from just iron sights alone exactly and you don't need your special calculators or a range finder right. to know how, how far somebody else is so that, that's an example of something that is kind of an established doctrine so to speak and understanding why all of a sudden makes me under like not want to swap that out with a thinner front sight post well, yeah, I mean, there's there's pros and cons to all of that. The thinner ones are going to help you out with more precise aiming. So once you have all that information already, you don't need it for a range finding device. Mm -hmm. But understanding why it was that thick definitely, you know, helps to appreciate it a little bit more and not yeah. just want to just throw it out right away or upgrade it to something thinner and more precise. Exactly. Yeah, and I, I wasn't necessarily, I didn't grow up in a house that knew a ton about guns and the history of guns. Like, <laughs> my grandpa was in, was in the Air Force. <laughs> he was a loadmaster. But, you know, he wasn't super familiar with a bunch of different guns, and we never spent money on them to know that kind of stuff. So I like the history side of things. I like understanding uh, where we used to be and where we are now to mm -hmm. have an appreciation for what we've got. Um, and that's why the why matters a lot more to me. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, keeping that in mind, you do training classes. Typically, you go to the place, right? You, they don't necessarily come to you. 
Right. So the home base for Sidewinder Concepts is um, Houston, Texas area for anybody who's curious. I do most of my training now or will be doing most of my training here at Eagle Lake, uh, the ranch in Eagle Lake. But yes, I, I do travel around to other locations to whoever is interested or wants to contract me out to come out there and, and run training. Um, at the moment, I do Oregon, Washington, Arizona, and going to be initiating into Texas here gotcha. and everything in between. Yeah. So um, do you spend, <laughs> unless they're reaching out to you, because I, I spend a lot of your time, which I appreciate greatly, mm-hmm. asking you questions about, <laughs> hey, how should I build this rifle out? Yeah, and the yeah, first absolutely. thing you you asked me was, well, what do you want to use it for? And I'm like, well, shooting long long range. What do you mean? It's like, well, yeah, but a, a deeper purpose than that. Is it sure. hunting? Is it target? Is it yeah. you know an actual PRS type of rifle? I want to meet your needs, right? Or help you to meet your own needs based on the products that you buy for that, right? And I feel like a lot of people aren't necessarily thinking about that for their first. For the first purchase, I think people are getting a lot better at at knowing what they want it for, and now it's coming down to it's an overload of information that they need to mm. kind of like sift through to know what what right versus wrong is, or what certain equipment works best versus like what's not even worth your time, kind of thing. And it's hard to it's hard to uh, kind of decipher a lot of that, and that's. You know, generally, I would say that's where a going to a class really comes into play because you you'll generally learn really quick from either watching how other students use their equipment or what the instructor is using. And, you know, if it's a good class, I'll kind of talk about that stuff as well so that you're not you're not wasting your time, because (laughs) if I were to guess, if I were to guess all those instructors with multiple levels of experience have probably played the experimental game themselves and have bought a bunch of stuff, tried a bunch of stuff out, seeing what works, seeing what doesn't work, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. Well, that makes sense. Uh, Daniel Shaw was uh, <laughs> former director of marketing for, for Gun Mag, and I was asking him before I took uh, one of his classes, you know, should I get this, should I get that? He's like, don't get anything. Like, at the very least, if you have to run mags out of your pockets, run them out of your pockets. Yeah. Because you'll see what other people use that you like, Exactly. And you'll save money because you're going to spend all this money or even not take the class because, well, I don't have, you know, I don't have the right equipment. I don't have a chest rig or a plate That to me is one of the, the like, the hard things to hear is that guys will discourage themselves because they feel that, one, they're not good enough to take the class yet, a class, which is what the whole class is for. Or two, they don't have the right equipment. And I'm like, it's this isn't a show-off contest, contest. It's literally you're coming here to learn. So you don't have to make those mistakes. And you can make a much more educated purchase with all this stuff. Because um, it does, I mean, it does kind of add up depending on how deep sure. into the weeds you want to go. Yeah, I uh, am definitely guilty of that. Uh, whenever I take a training class, I want to be the best at the training class. <laughs> and I want to basically uh, not need the training class in the sense of like all the stuff that we're going to train over, I already want to be good at. And it's, it's just not the way it works, right? And right. most of the fears that I have are just just made up. right? You know what I mean? Like when you get there and you get around these guys, 
who are there to get better as well. Nobody really has, as far as I've run into, nobody really has a big ego that has to, you know, kind of run you over for, for not knowing. Mm-hmm. So when you get there and you find out, hey, everybody's actually pretty nice. And if you, oh, I forgot my bipod. Everybody's got like an extra one <laughs> and they'll help you out. Yeah. Like that to me is the actual gun community, if you wanted to call it that. Because the internet side of things is not the same as what people are like in real life. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why I like taking classes like that because No, I uh, 100% agree. I mean, even even from an instructor's level, it makes a big difference as to how the the students are. Like one of my best classes to this date was an all-female class because they were Ooh. pumping each other up like crazy and I was just like, "Hell yeah, like let's go." And we're just sitting here getting all the targets, we're shooting like tons of ammo. And everybody was having a blast. They were competing with each other and pumping each other up. And usually the guys are kind of like, not to like offend anybody, but they're usually like a little bit more quiet and like kind of like analyzing everything. Usually by day two, now everybody's like best friends kind of right. <laughs> kind of thing. So it's it's great. Well, it's a lot of fun to see the different kinds of groups that come out. Yeah, and you know something to to caveat that on that with with women, they kick ass at PRS. Oh yeah. There is no physical, like, difference between men and women. And and as far as I know, they still have a different, like, classification. Like, they have a a men's league, a women's league, or, like, a division. Yeah, so they have divisions like that. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, they're, they're doing great. It's, it's awesome to see that they're, that the women are growing in the sport. Like, it, it pumps everybody up. The whole community loves it. hundred percent. They want to share that, that capability with everybody. They want it to be diverse, even with the kids coming into it now. It's it's awesome. Whenever I went to the PRS thing in, I think, 2021, the, the championship, um, I don't think – she didn't win, but she was uh, 17 years old. Okay. And she did really well. And oh, at yeah. that time, she had already won at 16 <laughs> multiple different PRS champ- mm-hmm. championships or, like, um, you know, competitions or whatever. And that just blew my mind. Yeah. You know, because in comparison, if you look at like UFC or something like that, right. it's like there's a, a clear reason why we <laughs> need separate divisions. But with firearms, it just drives home the fact that this is the great equalizer. This is the thing that will it, yeah. bridge those physical <laughs> gaps and really put you on the same playing field. And it just makes it fun in general. Oh, yeah. By it being kind of open to everybody like that. Yeah. yeah no, that's awesome. So I, I like the idea of... Uh, encouraging more people to, to join the sport and kind of get over the fact that there are some financial hurdles at first, but they're not nearly Best as in, guns in, in general. It, yeah. I mean, it's going to be expensive if you're going to get we were We were comparing what your, so your rifle we were saying is a little bit more on a budget side. So it has the KRG Bravo in a Tika T3 with a Vortex PST Gen 2, right? Like what's the total build cost of that? Yeah, roughly fifteen, sixteen hundred. Okay. Well, and I, you know, I got a pretty good price on my optic from Gunmag Warehouse, so that that helped a little, a little bit, uh, and not including the ammo too. But <laughs> right. uh, but um, okay, so we're talking. So if it wasn't a deal on the the PST, what would it be close to closer to two? Yeah, a little under, but yeah, like okay, so just 18, under. 19. Yeah, so just under two thousand. I mean, a lot of guys are going into, um, you know 
fully furnished Glocks or with red dots and everything, light and red dots, holsters, mags, everything to carry all that stuff. Staccatos with, with acros on it. You got, you know, fully built ARs that you're buying for over a grand. Or if you're getting something kind of Gucci, you're getting like a $1,500 just upper yeah. kind of thing. And then you're throwing on another $1,000 optic if you're going into the LPVO world. Mm -hmm. So uh, essentially between mags, ammo, whatever chest rig, plate carrier setup you want to go with, Pelican cases, car rides to the to the range and all that stuff, you're going to be looking at roughly the same amount of money as what you're putting into something else. Sure. There's just a lot of little things that you can pay smaller amounts of money that add up over over time. And, uh, yeah, he's <laughs> fucking me up. That was a good one. Yeah. You can but feel yeah, that like, one. <laughs> the, the more, ta like, going back to it, the more tactical stuff is, it, like, there's a lot more uh, smaller price things that can add up versus, like, bigger ticket items that are just right out the gate kind of thing. But, yep. it, I mean, generally, it's all going to equate to the same thing. That's very true because there was a lot more smaller little bits that I needed that added up quite a bit that for an AR, I, you know, I just don't need. Right. But overall, I'm roughly paying paying basically kind of the same price because <laughs> uh, you can get, you know, crazy expensive ARs in the same, same thread. So, mm -hmm. um, Well, and then with all these companies that are coming out for with high-end high precision rifles that are fully chassis and everything to meet the requirements of PRS's production class, we have uh, – in, in, in order to meet that, it needs to be less than two grand for oh, wow. the rifle off the shelf in order to meet the, the standards for that. So you got Aero Precision's new Solus rifle that's just under two grand or right at there. You have the Seekins hit. You have, um, so the Daniel Defense is a little bit higher, mm -hmm. but um, you got some other companies. Savage makes a couple chassis rifles that are that are uh, in that $2,000 range. And, and so... Gotcha. That's a thing that generally you can be perfectly fine with all this stuff to, you know, do this kind of shooting or get into into PRS for under two grand for an for a, a rifle. The optic will be obviously separate from that. Sure, but, sure. Um, when you see guys talking about it on blogs or YouTube videos and stuff like that, they're always talking about the price of the rifle setup. Correct. With the optic completely separate. Um, so you obviously are well-versed in all this kind of stuff, long distance shooting. You were an army sniper. What was the, like, is that what you wanted to do whenever you joined the army? Mm -hmm. So you always sort of knew I want to be a sniper. Yeah. I, you know, growing up in the age where YouTube kind of told you everything you needed to know when, and Google and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I did a, fairly heavy amount of research before joining the military. So joining, I knew the route that I wanted to go like immediately. And that was what I pushed towards um, as cliche as it may sound. Um, yeah, that's kind of, <laughs> it might you can call it cliche or whatever, but I wish I knew exactly what I wanted to do. Cause like right now I got really lucky with the job that I got, but if I knew I was going to have this job, you know what I mean? I would have had to be clairvoyant right? because there's no path to get to it. You know what I mean? Uh, it was right place, right time. And, and everything I, I did within the company, I tried to knock out of the park as best I could. So things went well mm -hmm. for me to get here. Um, but I, I try and earn it every day in the same sense of like, 
once you once you get into that spot, it doesn't mean you've got it, and then right, you can right. kind of like relax a little bit, which is why I try and engage with people that can make me a better shooter. It can hopefully make other people better shooters as well, uh, and connect people with those with those uh, experts, subject matter experts. Um, because I know you don't have a, a crazy huge social media following, but everybody that I've talked not to yet. that you not <laughs> yet that I, that knows you is like no, this dude knows his stuff. And that's that's where, like, and I'm and, and I feel blessed from it is where a lot of this where Sidewinder's growth is coming from has been completely word of mouth. Yeah. Um, so for all the guys that I have got a chance to work with, I greatly appreciate every single one of you, all the previous course members I've had. Again, I greatly appreciate all of you. Um, the guys that have helped connect everything, you know, thank you to everybody. Yeah. And it's just continuing to grow from there. So it's, it's definitely a blessing, especially just recently getting out of the military back in June Oh wow! Was that recent? Yeah, last year. Dang, <laughs> dang! I didn't know that. I thought you'd been out for a little bit. Nope, nope. Recently got out, started started all this stuff, and just now it's just pushing forward. Hey, that's pretty cool. So the last thing I want to ask you, and I know you can't really tell me Uh-oh. because it's super top secret, but evidently, I think I know where this as is. As a sniper, you gotta know. Or you have to have a security clearance, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and from what I've heard, that security clearance is because of You're something called water right now. <laughs> the loophole formula. Oh, God. I don't expect you to, you know, tell everybody what that is, but what can you tell me about it? You shoot through a hole. And that's, <laughs> that's a good thing, shooting through a hole. Uh, yeah, more or less it's just a you're able to shoot through a hole like a tiny ass hole and what is taught is more or less how to do that and is that true that that's the reason why you have a security clearance um, towards the formula yeah <laughs> is, is to understand that formula why is it a secret is it because other people haven't figured it out yet um, or they probably didn't imagine tell you that, huh? it's just they don't want it public information because, I don't know. <laughs> well, see, that's not nearly as saucy as I thought it would be. But it's probably, that's you know, the reality of things is kind of boring. So it makes makes sense. I mean, there's not really a practicality to it that much, in my opinion. But yeah. So you guys aren't, like, regularly using that? Mm. Next you, question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, for example, outside of the military, have you needed to use it? No. Okay. So there's like a, a specific, specific set of circumstances that would require tactical, use. tactical, recce, recce. <laughs> You're just throwing buzzwords at me now. <laughs> None of this means anything. Ballistics. Exactly. Yeah. Standard deviation. Okay. Standard deviation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Matt. We're we're running out of light on this beautiful property here, so. The last thing I'm going to do is ask you where everybody can find you. We'll have links to all your stuff, too, in case you guys can't figure it out. It'll be in the description below. Uh, but if you're listening and you don't want to click on anything, where can we find you? Uh, yeah, so sidewinderconcepts.com. And then um, I'm 
pretty heavily active on the Instagram. So the Instagram, yeah. Cool. So the, uh, that's on the interwebs, right? Yeah, the oh, interwebs. Cool. All right. <laughs> so it'd be Sidewinder underscore Concepts, I think is how it's on there. Um, yeah. So hit me up on Instagram if you guys got questions. I'm more than happy to answer it. Uh, you'll know it's me. I have the upside down triangle in red and gray, and yeah. And then uh, SidewinderConcepts.com. Right. Uh, yep. Sidewinderconcepts.com. Where you get all your classes and stuff like that. Yeah. So you do long range, the, but also carbine stuff as well. Yeah. So I, I focus on the scope carbine and long range. Uh, if anybody's interested, I can do the, the pistol stuff and um, more close range carbine work uh, for one on one classes. I do offer a ton of one on one classes. So if you guys are in the Houston, Texas area or south texas and you're interested in one-on-one classes feel free to hit me up and i can definitely help out with that and facilitate it definitely well hey one more time i appreciate your time Absolutely. thank you for spending your entire day with us go out here and wow, film you guys crushed it <laughs> Thanks, i mean man. you guys you guys definitely uh were able to capture one of the fun goals that i've been wanting to capture myself which is the whole brand new rifle zero rounds uh zero chrono hit immediately a thousand yards in one box of ammo. That's exactly right. And we definitely got all that for you guys and you'll be able to check it out. Yeah. We did that in twelve rounds and Yeah, we completed mind, it with so. twelve rounds. Yeah, exactly. It was fourteen with one fuck up. But, <laughs> yeah. But it was still within a box. <laughs> exactly. Yep. All right. Adrian, I appreciate it. Thank you for coming on our Absolutely. show. Thank you for your time. Thanks for watching, guys. This is the end of the podcast. I'll have another one next month with God knows who. Hopefully, I'll figure that out by next month. But thanks for watching, guys. Thanks for your time. Stay free.